Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I work with agency owners to help build the agency of their dreams. I'm here with my friend, Lisa Cunningham from Treehouse Marketing. Lisa is a project manager, agency ops guru for hire. Is that accurate? Uh, yes. Yep. That's, awesome. That's accurate. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks for joining me. Uh, really excited to talk about what you're up to and the expertise that you bring to agencies. Um, I'm going to give a quick background on how you got here and kind of the expertise that you bring to the table. Sure. Um, way back, what feels like eons ago, um, when I started my career, uh, I ended up working for an agency. Um, I was actually an assistant uh, traffic manager at the time. So I really learned that whole concept of being that hub, that center of the agency and helping all the projects, you know, keep moving basically. Um, and that was really something that I guess I just really took to and thought was really interesting. Back in that time, we really just used um, Excel spreadsheets and did things the old fashioned way. It was just kind of, you know, that's how it just seemed to work best. Yeah. So since then, um, you know, I've done a lot of different, I've had a lot of different marketing roles, uh, some in agencies, some in corporate marketing departments. And I found that, you know, pretty much everything I do, no matter what the title is, there was always an, an element of that project management that I would, I would take from that like original experience and kind of apply it to what I was doing, whether it was mm -hmm. for the whole team or for myself. And I don't know, I realized, I guess I just really like to organize things that way and set up systems to keep things organized. And so um, I don't know, I guess it just evolved and it's become, you know, something that I like to do. But I've also gained along the way, I think, a lot of just general marketing skills that I really, I, I think really, you know, you know, email setup, social media, you know, I've dabbled in all the things because sometimes as a project manager, it was necessary to, to kind of wear a few hats and support people mm -hmm. in different areas. So I have an interest in all of it, but I'm, I'm passionate about it. I have a lot of interest in it and having all that kind of really helps me communicate with all the different members on the team. And it's just a role that I really like to be in. So, Yeah. You nailed a couple of key factors that a really good PM needs to have, right? So, you know, you under, understanding systems, understanding how to keep things moving along and being that central hub mm -hmm. for the team or whatever, calling it a traffic manager. I haven't heard that phrase, you know, long, like that's right. pre-digital. Like that's when you had a whiteboard and you were moving things like that, carrying plastic jackets from yeah. one person. Like I've, it, it took me a while to get rid of folders, like really yeah. to know that like, okay, you don't need a folder for every client or every project. Every anymore. job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've been there. I do miss that though. Every, <laughs> yeah. Having like that, that vertical, that slanted vertical thing on everybody's desk where it's like, yep. 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 I used to organize um, them for the designer in order of, you know, priority and all that good stuff. Yep. Yeah. So, so you essentially come into an agency, take a look at systems they've got in place, tools they're using, and then you're off to the next party or what's yeah, your typical I mean, process? You know, there's, there are, I, there's a few agencies that I've worked with and who have an ongoing kind of capacity where I've, you know, served as their ongoing day-to-day -day marketing manager or operations manager. For the most part, um, yeah, what I really like to do is come in and kind of help agencies either streamline what they already have 
Um, but basically, yeah, just just kind of get a feel for what it is they're struggling with, what isn't moving smoothly, and where we can maybe find some ways to resolve that. I love all the different tools. I play around in all the different tools just because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So I like to like, you know, have suggestions for people and say, oh, you know, did you know that you could do this or, you know, just kind of help them kind of, yeah, streamline and smooth out the process. Yeah. What are some of your favorite PM tools that you're playing with these days? Gosh, you know, it's funny because I've tried so many and it really is like everything has a plus and a minus, right? Like mm -hmm. some try to do it all and it's too much and some don't do enough. And I've used ClickUp a lot lately. It became like the hot thing. I think a couple of years ago, um, I was looking for alternatives to Asana. I thought mm -hmm. it was really cool that ClickUp had some features that Asana didn't, but I have to admit, I still like the simplicity of Asana sometimes. Mm -hmm. I am very much more, as I mentioned, the Excel spreadsheet. I'm more of a list person than a, than okay. a cards person. I, I try to shift sometimes, but I'm more of like a cards. Like I never really took to Trello very well. It's okay, but I really like that list yeah. kind of situation and sorting and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think ClickUp and, and Asana are two of my favorites. Teamwork can be great. It's all a matter of how you use it too, though, right? Like getting it set up to a way that really makes sense. I But I got to be honest, like I don't think I've worked with a single tool where there hasn't been at least someone or some people on the team that don't feel a little frustrated with it or a little bit like overwhelmed by it. Yeah. There's always a learning curve or there's, this is great, but it doesn't do that. Or right. it does, you know, they try to do everything and now it's too much or, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's really an all in one that does everything or maybe there's, there's the mindset that it shouldn't do. I should have my time tracking over here in let's say harvest, but I want to do PM over here in Asana and the two shouldn't ever yeah, there's always something missing or, yeah. That's part of what I think is like, there's this line, this balance between having the right tools, not having too many tools, but not right. kind of putting all of your eggs in one basket either. So that's part yeah. of it is trying to figure out how can we just use, you know, the the minimum number of tools. I I think I've thought it out before and I had like five or six that just really seemed necessary and, and like that should pretty much cover it and they all yeah. integrate pretty well. So, so <clears throat> you're a list person. I'm a list person. I love lists. I've got notebooks and, you know, pads with lists. <clears throat> I love spreadsheets, um, but I'm also kind of a fan of the cards. So when you're mm -hmm. doing an assessment with an agency, do you take that into consideration of like, how visual are they and what, how, how sure. do they best receive data? And are they email people? Do they want a desktop notification? Is Slack, like, how do you take all of the personalities into consideration? That can be difficult because like I said, people can get overwhelmed. Really, I tend to explain like why I think there's reasons for certain things, you know, like mm -hmm. communication can be streamlined and like, yes, you might need email for some things. I, I personally don't really love the idea. I, I don't think that email really needs to be used internally for teams, really. I think it's easier to use Slack yeah. if it's necessary or to do things in the PM system because you have your trail there. So like I would I would usually try to explain my reason behind, you know, let's keep the the email inbox for client stuff and things like that. And let's, you know, kind of set rules for what each different communication is used for and, and see if everybody can get on board with that. I mean, that's really, I guess the main thing is to say, like with the cards, hey, I've set this up. I really think it's important to talk to some of the key people on the team, not just the agency owner and get a feel for how the agency owner is going to look at it. Sometimes there's already a project manager or somebody, but they're too in the weeds to really step back and try to resolve you know, the problem. So I might yeah. be like working with them to say, Hey, let's take a look at what you've got working and where you feel like 
you know, your issues are and what you'd like to see improved or what, what you hear the team saying or the owner saying. So they'd be my main key point, but then we would obviously want to run it past, you know, like at least the head designer, you know, mm-hmm. some of the main team members to make sure that they're all on board and they say, we can get on this train, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we could deal with this. So, yeah. um, cause I mean, like I said, it's not perfect. And um, there's always some steps that some people might not love to do, but without yeah. people following the consistent thing, it can get a little crazy. So we all know that. Yeah. And that, to me, that's an interesting point. So you come in, you diagnose, you build systems, do you get follow backups of like, Hey, Margaret really, really isn't following instructions. Can you come in and retrain her? Or, you know, Joe just, you know, is defiant and won't do monday.com or like, do you get those kind of complaints of like, how do we get all everybody on board? I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to the, you know, to the agency owner or, or, or the person that's managing the team really to say like, look, this is what you need to do. And this is why you need to do it. You know, a lot of us are living in a, well, most of us are in a remote world in this situation. And a lot of us are in a contractor type world. So Mm -hmm. it is a little bit hard to get everyone to conform to things. And that's another one of the reasons why keeping it pretty simple or as simple as we can, you know, going back in and training people, breaking it down a little further is something that, um, that I can go in or I go in and do, uh, if someone just needs a little more help walking through something, but definitely doing like training videos. I use loom a lot. So they've got this resource where, mm-hmm. you know, they can go back and take a look at it. Um, you know, and, and kind of outlining the different steps of, of just a process. So we can outline basically an SOP of how we're going to use different things. And that basically is, is what people have to, are supposed to go back to, you know, and if yeah. they really just refuse to, I guess at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the agency owner to decide if they, if how, which battles they want to fight. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where can they be flexible and where do they not want to be flexible? So. so that's a project management tool that will win, right? If there's gamification built in for the employees where they can say, I'm following the SOP and I'm winning, look at the leaderboard, look, my score is higher than your score. That's how you get people to sign on is gamify and turn some prizes into it. That is true. Honestly, I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't really tried that, but that's actually a really good thing. And I, I don't know if many project management systems, I mean, there is leaderboards, of course, you know, there's like, yeah. let's see how much you can get checked off. But um, yeah, it would be really cool if they yeah. uh, really integrated a little bit more of that into their systems, their interfaces. I think that would be pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can get pretty dark. So I'm thinking, all right, if you're, if you're not filling out your timesheet, your chair is like zapping you at some point, or (laughs) here's an electric reminder. Like, I don't know, your keyboard starts zapping you. Um, (laughs) So, so you're, you're a hired fixer. Um, What are some of like the really serious things you've seen agencies just fully get wrong that you're like, we got to fully fix this. Sometimes it's just the, the, like even Google Workspace, which I consider to be kind of a foundation. I know some people, mm-hmm. I'm a Google girl, but you know, some people use Microsoft or other things. I Google's really my preference. Um, but just trying to get that set up, or in some cases, it's um, you know maybe Dropbox. Like just getting everybody on the same page with getting people set up with the email addresses. If if you're going to be on a Google Workspace and setting up a group mm-hmm. so that everyone who doesn't have that email address can still access all the files, like. That's something that I think I've been able to simplify for people that I've seen struggle with. I'm pretty knowledgeable with it, but even if I dig really deep, you know, it'll be like, if, if I were in a big organization, I think it would get a little bit, you know, sometimes there's a lot you could do with Google Workspace. 
Um, but yeah, just, you know, setting up teams and getting all of that done is, is probably one of the main foundational things, um, that and streamlining communications. Um, so, so I'd say the Google and all of that, and like the asset management and how that ties in, um, and then communication, because there really are some teams that I've seen, like stuff is just coming from everywhere and you don't know, you know, like, I know I saw this, but was it in the PM system? Was it in Slack? Was it an email? And there's a lot, (laughs) there's a lot of different ways you can communicate. So I think kind of setting some boundaries and guidelines for that um, and trying to get everybody used to that is, is one of the, one of the bigger things that I've seen. Yeah. The, the changing of behaviors. Um, You know, I've been involved in setting up like wikis on intranets of here's, you know, this topic, this topic, this topic, and these are the procedures for each of it. So like an intranet wiki is a great tool to use, but then it's more behavioral. And how do I change my behaviors? It's kind of like people that are not used to tracking their time and suddenly I need to track my time. Mm -hmm. Not Not an easy shift for a person to do, but certainly having documentation in place and SOPs so that people can like, all right, do this and then do this kind of like, you know, a monkey can do it. A caveman can do it. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just have to find the time and have the commitment to actually like go back through it. But if you put all those resources in one place yeah. and, you know, I always, like I said, list person. So I believe in reminders and, you know, like if I think it's something that's going to fall off my radar personally, yeah, stick it in the PM system and I assign it to myself, <laughs> you know, like things like that, like, you know, just remember to do this today or put it on your calendar or something like that. You know, that, that I think really helps people get into that, to that habit and is kind of that safety net for them. Like worst case scenario, they've got a reminder. So, yeah. Um, do you use um, like, like middleware, like Zapier in order to do some of those things? You know, I, Zapier is another one where I really, I really love it. I don't use it a ton. I could use it a lot more for people. I haven't really found a lot of situations where I've really needed to use it for agencies because the the, the tools already integrate pretty well, or you're just using some separate ones and, and they don't really need to integrate more than they already do, I guess. But yeah, I've definitely used it. I think it's great. But the one problem I find a lot is that it's limited on the things, the tools I need and the the information I need. I'm always like, ah, it doesn't do what I want it to do. So, and I know there's APIs and like fancy stuff. That's a bit over my head. I always want to learn more about that, but I'm not, I'm not really into the, I'm not really familiar with the the coding and all of that that's necessary to make those enhanced things happen. But I know there are ways to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. There are peer tools uh, like Zapier. I don't remember their names off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of them is they handle the API end to end connections. So you don't have to do coding. It's so satisfying when you're in tool A and you jump into Zapier and then connect it to tool B. Mm-hmm. And then you see things start working and it's like, oh, it, it dumped that new lead from my gravity form into my right. CRM or whatever that thing might be from my project management tool into my whatever. Mm-hmm. To me, that's pretty satisfying when you connect it and it, it actually works and it's humming along. Some of them are limiting Zapier not to bash one tool over another. You can hit that limit and now you're paying tons of money. That's true too. Because it's, you know, each connection point is money and blah, blah, blah. Some That's of the other ones are cheaper. You, right? Yeah. So, but to your point, there's so many tools. And if I've got three, four tools, how do I bring them all together? Do you play in the dashboard space at all? I don't like, I don't remember any of the names of them, but there's ones where like you can put it up on a screen and it'll pull in your this and that and your other tool and so now you've got everything in one visual workspace 
Um, yeah. I, I don't, well, that's more, the, the one I'm thinking of is, is more of a scheduler thing. And I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but you mm. can have different things, your to-dos all come together and then you could like plan them on your calendar. Oh, cool. Um, but then there's also things like, um, I use one called Wavebox to like be in different accounts and it kind of keeps them all separate, but in one window. Oh, interesting. If yeah. that, um, the other one, oh, Shift. That's what, that's what the one that's similar to Wavebox, kind of the same thing. But if, if you don't have multiple like Google accounts you need to be in, then that's not a big deal. But it is, it's kind of cool because it helps you stay logged in so you don't have to like do that back and forth kind of thing if you've got multiple things yeah. that you're dealing with. But yeah, I've used some dashboards that way, but really um i really keep most things for people in in the pm system like you know okay. i really believe like if everything's basically in one place and we have one thing to check yeah. so that's what i try to do most often that's not to say people don't often have their own little checklists here and there or their handwritten ones because we love lists yeah but um <laughs> i think it's really good to you know to keep most of it all in one place yeah and i was thinking again about you know the automations and everything and it really is nice to have those things kind of copy over especially in kind of that crm experience like you were talking about when there's something new and it kind of kicks off something else um yeah there's definitely a lot of opportunity to use those kinds of things too yeah what are some uh new tools that you see coming out that people are starting to play with that you're excited about gosh that's a good question um what have i seen lately well i I don't know that a lot of people are playing with this yet, but I, I do, I've, I have always been a fan of databases and, uh, you know, kind of learned access at one point. And I really love that, um, that kind of thing. So Airtable is one that I think a lot of people use for, um, you know, for organizing assets or even for project management and for mm -hmm. mailing databases, all that kind of stuff. And it does some cool things. I was saying that I realized recently that, um, that Google's working on something similar, but it's still in early stages, but it looks like they're trying to compete with that a little bit at some point. It does mm -hmm. some basic stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, if you're, you know, looking for something besides just Google sheets, if you need something that's a little bit more structured, um, Something that I've thought was really cool is um, some other asset managers. Like there's one out there called Air. Um, mm. I haven't really needed it for people because I, I just usually have used Google Workspace, but it's a lot more visual for, for people in the marketing space. It's, it's, it's just a lot easier to see all of your assets and like gather them for, um, for certain clients and things. It's just, it's just kind of mm. a different approach. And I think that one looks pretty neat. I feel like there's one other thing that really popped in my head, but I'm having trouble with it now. So we'll just, we'll just. No worries. <laughs> yeah. It, it's amazing how certain agencies really latch on. Like I, I have a client, their entire agency is run on Airtable. Mm -hmm. Every aspect of it. And they were a print shop previously. So they understand traffic management. They literally used to have the board on the wall of where mm -hmm. things are in production. Everything is an Airtable. Um, but that whole rational database kind of mindset is super interesting that they do and be cool to see other players in that space um, from, from a PM standpoint. Um, so the shift for you over the past couple of years has gotten more and more in demand as agencies have more and more agencies have gone remote. Mm -hmm. um, what were, what were some of their, I guess, key stumbling blocks of being in person and now we've got to do it remote that they were figuring out transitions for. Yeah. Uh, again, I would say, you know, a lot of it, it's probably some of the same things. Communication is a big one, you know, trying to get everybody on the same page with things, but, but also trying to, you know, in the office days, we all had these, you know, secure drives. We had an IT team to like take care of all that stuff. Yeah. So now 
like like the Google workspace, things like that, being able to set the team up in a way that everybody can work with it, that it's not complicated for everybody, you know, that it's not necessarily like, you know, you need an IT person to deal with it, but that you just have someone to kind of help get everyone set up in a way that they can, they can really use everything as efficiently as possible. So, yeah. you know, even, even getting email addresses for your team members, you know, who's going to have an official domain email address and how do you do that versus, you know, the other, just all of that kind of stuff. So, and, and, and that, that's all the technical part. Obviously there's the team building type part too, right? Like the, the, how do you keep everyone engaged? And, and that's, uh, that's not yeah. something that I myself have done a lot of. I really am more in the technical, you know, in the operations side of it, but it's really, I think it is important to try to think a little bit more about, about how we do that and keep the team having fun. I've worked with some teams that clearly had been in the office a lot together. And so you could just see in their chats that they had a lot more fun, you know, like they mm -hmm. could all joke with each other in a way because they knew each other's personality. Whereas yep. in these fully remote teams, we're all kind of a little bit, we're all just a little bit different. There's also yeah. the difference between full-time and contract and all that kind of stuff. You know, we got a lot, got a lot more going on if we're, if we're kind of part-time too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting times for agencies. Um, and, and there's tons of tools and tons of ways to, maintain and manage culture and and mm -hmm. bring people on board and get things done so your expertise is definitely of great value to a lot of agencies i'm sure um want to jump into a couple real quick off topic just kind of rapid fire questions so okay coming out of covid we're two plus years after this thing kicked in what's something that you've taken away a lesson that you've learned from pandemic quarantine covid that you've put into play in your life these days I'd say the one thing I guess is just that like you, you really never know like, like what can happen that just mm. turns everything around, you know, and it's one small thing that we're still, we're feeling impacts in so many different ways. It's just, it's like, who would have thought, you know, that, that all of these things, the remote world and all of that would change so drastically. So I guess it's really just that, like, you know, being flexible and on one hand, I'm glad I was already remote and already kind of doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a big transition, but I kind of feel like keep doing it that way. You know, like I don't want to get too, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like this, the situation being remote, being flexible, homeschooling, all that stuff was really necessary. So I'd yeah. say, I'd say that's really a takeaway. Awesome. What's um, a book or a podcast or an audio book that you're really into right now? Gosh, I'm trying to, you know what? <laughs> I've got a bunch behind me that I'm actually trying to read all the time that are business related. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of something else. I think most of my books lately have been ones I've been reading my daughter at bedtime, which is really Aww. sad. But if, if I if I have to, con it, it, I'm going to confess, this is completely unwork related, but I'm an Outlander fan. I started reading okay. those a while ago. So I'm still working my way through like nine of those. So that's, that's like a okay. guilty pleasure kind. I don't know if you know much about Outlander, but yeah. I've so. heard of it. I've never read it, but hey, we're all entitled. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, yeah. yeah. All right. And then finally, what's, what's a super invaluable piece of business advice that you can leave for an agency owner? You know, learning how to, how to delegate and to let go and to trust mm -hmm. people is, is really key. It's not easy. I mean, it's, it's hard for everyone, um, but kind of just really trusting people and being being open to suggestions especially when it comes to systems and better ways to do things yeah. is definitely uh important not even better ways let's just say alternative because i don't want to say someone's way is better than somebody else's yeah. <laughs> alternative yeah um, love that yeah. awesome yeah. super helpful uh lisa i appreciate your time thank you for being here with me um 
and we'll drop your contact info in in the notes below. Um, so Lisa Cunningham from Treehouse Marketing, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.